This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How are you? How has your week been? Well, can you see my eye twitching? I can. <laughs> yeah. It's day one of my seven-day stretch and it's not looking good. It's a good look for you. Nothing, nothing wrong with a little twitch. Thanks. No, it's good. I'm I'm alive and well. I can't complain. The great thing about a real bad twitch is that people think you're flirting with them. Because you're always just like, what's going on? That's a visual hey, joke hey, on the hey. podcast. <laughs> Audio medium. No, overall, I'm okay. But I did just start a one of seven days and it was rough. I am glad that you made it, that we were able to get this episode recorded. And uh, for our listeners, thank you for having patience. I know I shared in the Facebook group, but we had extra days out of school. I mean, I had Millie home for like eight days and then our power went out and they had to come out and change the transformer. So it's just been a hectic week and a half, but I'm glad yeah. that things are settling down. I'm glad that we are here. It feels normal. I like it. So, so. you got to be a parent first. I mean, we tell our listeners all the time, like this is, we, you know, we do other things and you got to be a family man first and foremost. But since you didn't have power, I didn't have water for two days. Well, that's what I was going to say. The gates of hell opened up outside your house and apparently the street just busted wide open. Yeah. So all the, the pipes are so old. And so, you know, it got really cold and then it's like 70 degrees again and these old pipes just can't take it and they just implode. Did you look at the video I sent you? I did. It was insane. That's like a three-way highway. Like that's like two red lights from the street I live off of. Like oh, it was geez. right there. I don't drive that way, so I didn't see it myself, um, but that's like on the way to the vet and things like that. Yeah. If you, you know, for the people listening, it was literally like the pipe exploded and the ground just exploded and opened up like into a giant water filled sinkhole it was pretty, yeah, pretty crazy. We just got off the boil of water advisory. So I just like changed my water filter, dumped all the ice out, ran the water for a minute. 
yeah, you definitely want to stay safe. But listen, I feel like we're doing a lot of complaining. We are. <laughs> and it's that, like it's my Monday. Can I just say that today is Thursday and it is my Monday? Well, today was technically my Monday, too, because this was the first day I went back to work. So <laughs> I uh, am right there with you. But I say we quit with the Gabby Gabby. We get to the stabby stabby. Jump into this week's case, what the listeners came for. What do you think? Should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's get started. Let's do it. For this week's Short on Time, we are going to Xenia, Ohio in 2022. On Monday, August 29th, St. Bridget School was hosting an open house for students and parents. As classes were set to start the following Wednesday, all seemed fine until the school's principal, Terry Atkins, and other parents noticed a man acting oddly. He claimed to be the parent of a female kindergarten student, and according to the principal, the man was fishing for information on the child. When the actual parent of the child was located, the suspicious man was escorted into the parking lot and authorities were called. When the police arrived, they were able to identify the stranger. He was 35-year-old Reed Duran of nearby Fairborn, Ohio. When asked what he was doing at the school's event, Duran said that he was experiencing, quote, psychological problems. Police immediately began questioning why the man had attended the open house. Now, in the body cam footage that is linked in the description of this episode, Duran can be seen saying that he was driving by the school and saw the large groups of people. He told the officer questioning him that he believed he would feel welcomed. Duran shared that he had talked to some of the parents as well as some of the children at the event. He also shared that he believed attending the event would help him to better interact with people. According to Duran, he wanted to interact with children because he felt that he may be a dad one day and that being around those children may be good for him. But the police didn't feel the man's alibi was adding up. They also found that their suspect had taken several pieces of paperwork and books from the school. And after further questioning, they were able to locate Duran's vehicle in the parking lot a red Hyundai Sonata. When police asked if they could search the vehicle, Duran agreed. During the search, officers found pamphlets from recovery programs in the driver's side door. They asked Duran if he had a drug problem, and the suspect claimed that he did. Duran said that he was addicted to cocaine and pills, specifically, quote, downers. He also claimed to have drugs in the car, but as police continued their search, they turned up nothing. And again, they felt that Duran was lying to them about being an addict, especially because most users can tell you their exact drug of choice and dosage. But Duran continued to speak in general terms, only using the word downers and no specific type of pill. As the search continued, the body cam footage shows what seemed to be maps from other schools in the passenger side of the vehicle. And at this point, authorities believe that Reed Duran's intentions were far more sinister than he originally claimed. And it was then that Duran finally broke. He shared that he had come to the school because he was attracted to children. He told police that when he arrived at the St. Bridget School, he had made up a story that he was the father of the girl there. When asked why he used that child's specific name, he claimed that he had just pulled it randomly out of the air. But when Duran shared that he had also given the girl's last name, they knew he was lying. And upon further questioning, Duran admitted to looking up the school and its students online. This meant that Duran had targeted the kindergartner before he arrived at St. Bridget's school. He admitted to pretending that he was the girl's father and interacting with her in the classroom. And as the questions continued, 
the answers about Duran's intentions grew darker. When asked, Duran shared that his plan was to abduct the girl and take her to his home. In a disturbing confession, he admitted to planning to, quote, touching the child inappropriately. But the most shocking confession was yet to come. Police asked Durand if he had ever looked up other schools online, and he admitted that he had. And when they asked if he had gone to other schools, again, Durand admitted that he had. He told police that he had even crossed state lines, claiming to have gone to schools in Wilmington and Denver. And when asked if he had kidnapped a child before, Reed stated that he had. He also described the keepsakes that he had taken, including a Kermit the Frog piggy bank. With this information, the authorities had enough to detain Reed Duran, and once at the station, he was put in an interview room sitting at a table. An officer sat in the room with Duran as he swung back and forth in his chair. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, Duran grabbed a pen that was sitting on the desk and lunged at the officer, attempting to stab him. The officer wrestled Duran to the ground and placed him in handcuffs, and he was then charged with assault. Once arrested and fully restrained, Duran made another startling admission. He shared that he had planned on giving the girl he was going to abduct a Starburst candy laced with tranquilizers. Once the girl had fallen asleep, he had planned to take her from the school. Now, interestingly, when they frisked Duran, they did find a plastic bag with a Starburst candy inside, but tests later revealed that it was not laced with any kind of drug. At his arraignment, police attempted to take Duran's fingerprints and DNA, but he did not want to comply, again rushing the police and again being subdued. Now, in September of 2022, Duran pled not guilty to attempted kidnapping and felonious assault. A competency hearing was held in February of 2023, and Reed Duran was in fact found competent to stand trial. Now, as of the recording of this episode, his trial date is still pending, but we will definitely come back and follow up with any updates. So that's this week's Short on Time. Olivia, what are your thoughts? Well, that one is just bizarre. This isn't our typical case because no one, thankfully, was murdered, but just bizarre. And I watched some of this YouTube video because you sent me this case before. And was like, hey, watch this. And so I watched some of the body cam footage and I was just like, this guy is just weird. Yeah, he was very spaced out. And if you watch the body cam footage, again, it is in the description of the episode. But if you go in and watch the footage, he seems like he's thinking about every answer, almost like he's hesitating. Yeah, like he's lying and he's very slow to respond. Yeah. And I have to be honest, like. It definitely feels like he had ill intentions being there that day. But even when he was talking about traveling across state lines and things like that, he still had that pause where he was kind of formulating answers. So part of me wonders if he's just like a serial liar or if he has actually done these things and like the DNA evidence and things like that is going to be used in trial. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because he's just such a Strange bird when you watch that video. Yeah, and I say no one got murdered, but he talked about the other crimes that he had committed across state lines. And, you know, we don't know if there's any missing persons that, you know, no one knows where their child is. And I hope that there's not and that I'm wrong. But, I mean, you never know when these people commit these type of crimes. This is the the type of person where maybe 20 more people show up. You know, it's like, oh, well, there was the first one, the second one, the third one. And then you end up like, the candy man or something, you know? 
Yeah. And I also wonder too, like just something about his demeanor. I wonder if part of it is like a serial attention thing where it's like, I go to these rehab meetings, like maybe I'm not a drug addict, but I go to these rehab meetings because I get to tell stories and people listen to me or I show up at these, you know, open house events and pretend to be somebody else. You know, I've heard stories about people going to open houses and stuff like that just to be around people and pretend that there's somebody else. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that he had ill intentions, but it's like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how this trial progresses. It's definitely one that I want to follow because I feel like with him being found competent to stand trial in February of last year, and there's still not being a, a trial that's happened yet. It just makes me be wonder. More. Yeah. If they're like building a case and maybe there's more yeah. evidence than we know about right now. Yeah, I agree. And of course, you know, presumed innocent until proven guilty. But I mean, we could talk a little bit about it in the deadbolt test. I'll save mine for that. But when we talk about scale of one to 10, how likely are you to check your locks? Where are you putting this on the deadbolt test? This one for me is just not making me check the locks tonight only because, you know, I'm not a mother. I don't have a kindergartner in school, but if this, I watched the footage and the parents are on there and they're like, do more, figure out why this man was like pinpointing my child. Why aren't y'all doing anything? And you can hear the police saying over like, I mean, we, we, you know, we're just trying to get the story and he's not giving us many answers. And so if that was me, I would be terrified, like mortified, terrified, all the things I would never send my child to school. So I know where this is going to stand for you. For me, I'm just going to put this one at a three because it's it's just he's not quite right. Yeah. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head when we're talking about the difference in perspective. And I think it's a really good example of why we do this deadbolt test. Right. Like we put ourselves in the shoes of the people involved and you know, based on our own life experiences and things like that, like obviously sometimes they're going to be a little bit different for me. I'm putting this at a high 10. I mean, I would put this at an 11 if the scale was one to 11. And the reason for it is I think this is every parent's worst nightmare. You know, like you said in the video, the parents were like, put him on the sex offender registry, put him in the back of the car, arrest him. And the cops were like, being creepy isn't necessarily illegal. Like he hasn't broken any laws up until this point or admitted to doing anything. They were more calm than I would have been, but they were also not happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, I probably would have tried to take his head off. Like, it would have been Mm -hmm. hard for me not to end up being in cuffs. You know what I mean? Because that's like my kid. That's my little girl world. You know what I mean? Like, and especially when it's your job to protect them, you know, and to make sure that they're safe. And some guy just comes in off the street and then to find out that whether it's true or not, he's saying that like, Hey, I looked her up online and I'm here to, you know, sedate her and take her and, you know, like, Oh my God. I think another important part is if you watch the footage, they talk about how the little girl was new to the school. Like the parents were new. So like the principal, I think was basically saying that he had just met the parents that day. And so when he had met the dad, when he had met the Reed, And he introduced himself as the parent and then he meets the actual parent because the kid was new to the school. He's like, wait, something's not right. Yeah. And I mean, thank heaven that that principal was smart enough and like realized what was going on and acted quickly because, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows what could happen. So for me, I mean, again, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, 
this is terrifying. And I remember being glued to that video because I was like, this guy's a monster. So, and I will say, if you want to watch it, the YouTube link is there. There's nothing extremely rap. Like, you know, he's, he's talking about what his plan was, but it doesn't go into extreme graphic details. Very interesting. And it kind of sucks you in. So if you are somebody who likes body cam footage and things like that, you can watch it in the, uh, in the link in the description, but yeah, I definitely think this was a, a very interesting one. It was a heartbreaking one and I'm really interested to see how it pans out. We're gonna have to keep an eye on it for sure. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's episode. Olivia's put in at a three. I'm coming in at a high 10, but as always, we want to know where does the case of Reed Duran fall on your deadbolt test? Are you like Olivia? Hey, it's gross, but I'm you know not freaked out. Or are you like me where you're a parent and it's terrifying? Let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, get to hang out with you. And as always, if you like what we do, you want to help financially support the show, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks, get signed up today. Got a lot of great tiers, exclusive benefits, stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all stuff that you can only get for being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes a little bit early ad-free, so if you love Check the Locks but you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to go. So again, if you want to help us out, that's patreon.com forward slash check the locks. And as always, if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening and hanging out with us every week, sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're checking it out, you're letting people know to listen, just know that we appreciate that more than we could ever tell you. Again, our goal is to grow our community, to get as many listeners in as we can. And by you sharing what you like with the people who are important to you, that really helps us to do that. So again, if that is you, we appreciate you more than we could ever tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Bye. See you.